Yo, I'm back. I'm Scott Barrett. Graham Barfield, back. John Proctor, back. Football, back. DFS is finally here. DFS season, football season, which means the show is back. The Cashing Points live stream, the best DFS live stream in the world. Even Portugal, the best. <laughs> and it's the best I'm, live stream. It's the best show, period. Let's that's be honest, right. Scott. That's right. It's the best it's show, like, period. It's like Rick and Morty, and then we're all the way up at the top. Uh, I'm so excited to be here talking with two of my favorite guys, talking about my favorite topic, some DFS football. Really excited to get absolutely owned and obliterated by John Proctor, who's just going to yeah, man, me to death and just, you know, crap all over my plays. But here we are. I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited. Just, just, just so happy. What's up guys. Football, man. Back. Tom Brady, Tom Brady's back on our television screens. As you can see, that's, that's like 10 out of 10 excitement level for Johnny. (laughs) That's the best you're going to get, but that he is pumped. He is amped. By the way, by the way, for anybody listening at home, New drinking game. Every time Johnny says, yeah, man, take a sip. It's a little too early for me to drink. Uh, I was drinking on the show last year, but it's one o'clock here. So I, I won't be partaking. But anytime you get a yeah, man, I need you, to, yeah, need that, you to take a sip. The great thing about this show is you can watch it on demand whenever you want. So if you're working now or whatever, you know, why not watch this at like a 9 p.m., 10 p.m. and turn it into a drinking game? Do baby sips for the yeah, man, because otherwise you're going to get absolutely (laughs) obliterated. Uh, You're going to walk in naked to a Walmart. You're going to get arrested. It's not good. So, so baby sips on that. Uh, We have our man, tiny, tinny, T-I-N-I from discord, uh, writing up everything from this live stream. So if you don't want to, you know, watch the whole thing, you can read that, get the TLDR. Um, you could also, we also have it on premium podcast. So if you want to listen at 1.5 X speed, 2 X speed, you can do that this year. So that's great. Um, some other, some other drinking games, uh, Joe Pano came up with, uh, some good rules. Uh, Johnny, you remember any good ones? Oh man. I don't remember. It was great though. It was great. <laughs> we'll have to dig that up and post yeah, on Discord. We had a whole sheet. There were plenty, plenty of yours that were, um, yeah, that were much funnier than than yeah, man. That was that was back when uh you know I, I wasn't pseudo famous within the industry, so I would go on crazy fifteen minute long monologues. Yeah, I think about... everyone has to drink for you just calling yourself pseudo famous. But <laughs> yeah, anytime Scott pumps up his his own self, every that's a that's a drinking uh that's, that's dangerous. Drink right there. That is I, love me some me. You're like Terrell Owens. You're the Terrell Owens of this. Uh, of oh, this show. no doubt. No doubt. Uh, you know, you know, you know, definitely super valuable. Definitely, you know, good at what he does, but definitely locker room poison, a total diva <laughs> personality, selfish me first player. You're going to be uh, you're going to send us a video of you like bench pressing in front of your apartment complex with a, with a media around us in, in May, aren't you? That's, that's oh, what's of, coming. Of course. Of course. Uh, also want to give a shout out to Joe and Tom. They're going to be doing a betting uh, betting show 
Uh, it's called the point spread right after us. So if you want to stick around, uh, you get, you know, an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes of DFS talk, and then you'll get about like an hour, maybe an hour and 30 with Joe and Tom talking betting. So yeah, you can get your DGen on all Friday afternoon. And by the way, guys, I, I love this new time slot. I, I always felt like we were like kind of, well, I, I felt like I was kind of rushing through the Thursday show at times, getting that extra like 24 hours, not only for just like kind of uh, to get a better feel for the slate, but also get more news, I think is is huge. So I think I think we're all going to enjoy the the new time slot more, and I think you guys will too. I mean, I, I hate that you guys <laughs> make me set my alarm for this, and I have to get up so so bright and early. Oh, morning, you have to get but... up at normal people hours. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, man. there's actually like a, a a five hour window to wake up at normal people hours. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're still on that bartender life, man. I yeah, um, never never lost it. No. Some of that's good. Some of that's good. All right. Let's talk ball here, guys. Um, let's just go through. We're going to do the same. It's the same layout as last year. We'll go game by game, situation by situation, and, and go from there. Uh, first game on the docket is Eagles at Falcons. The Falcons are three and a half point favorites, over unders 48. Um, not a lot of injuries in this game to, to really uh, monitor here. Um, really, I think. I think let, let's start with the evil side because I think Hertz is probably the most interesting. Wait, the, the first thing I want to ask before we <clears throat> yeah. dig into the plays is Johnny had millions of dollars in play at preseason DFS, which means he no doubt won billions of dollars this preseason. But he's also come away with some interesting observations that helped me with my season long rankings. I've read some articles from some of our competitors this week who said that Jalen Rieger is a high-level target uh, starting in two wide receiver sets. I just want to know, Johnny, whether you agree or disagree with that take. I don't think that anyone can say that any of these guys are like a set. I think Devonta Smith is probably the pretty pretty much set as the wide receiver one. Yep. But I think Watkins and, and Rieger are going to sort of be a little bit of a, of a committee wide receiver two, three. Because um, they were sort of still trying to figure out what they were doing with them towards even like the last preseason game where they were trying to figure out if it was going to be Rieger or Watkins playing, playing the slot. So I think anyone who, who knows, thinks they know for sure, um, then they know more than, than the Eagles do. Yeah. I think, I think that's the kind of the thing we've heard with this whole situation all offseason is Watkins has been pushing Rieger as the two. And we, like you said, we really don't know. Um, but yeah, let's talk Hurts because I, I have a feeling he's going to be probably the the cash quarterback of the week, right? I think he should be. Yeah, he'll be the chomp. Yeah. Not on Fanduel though, right, Johnny? Um, Fanduel. I, I I mean, he still may end up chalky on Fanduel too, just because how everyone sort of like just plays the same players. But I do think like Mahomes and Allen. Um, and Murray will probably be similar ownership um, since Allen's not that much more expensive than, than Hertz. That's kind of like, I feel like FanDuel's quarterback pricing last year was really flat and it looks, it seems really flat this week too. It really kind of, it kind of doesn't really matter all that much. Just depends on what you want to stack up. Um, Yeah. On on DraftKings, he's like QB nine or QB 10 by price. And then in my rankings, he was, QB six or QB seven. So there's just a clear, immediate glaring value there. And then you add in the fact that the Falcons were the number one matchup for quarterbacks last season, that they've gotten even worse. 
They have a bottom three secondary and offensive line by, um, you know, PFF's projections. It's just everything adds up. And, you know, that hypermobility really raises his floor and his ceiling. So he's a great both cash option and I think tournament option as well, just although you have to factor in ownership, which will be high. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be too high though, man. I mean, I think people are going to play Tannehill. At least on DK. I mean, it's ne- it's never too high on a quarterback. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. People are going to play Tannehill right above him. Um, so I don't think it's going to be insane. I don't think he's going to be like 25, 30, but um, all right. If you're stacking Hertz though, who's the, who's the guy? I, well, you don't need to. And I, I think that's the great yeah. thing for cash. Um, you don't have to at all. I will actually, I wouldn't for cash, but uh, honestly, maybe Watkins. What do you think, Johnny? It's uh, it's Ertz or Smith for me. Yeah. Um, I think Ertz because no one's going to play him. Um, Dude, love it. And he's, I mean, he's the tight end one in Philly. It just is what it is. Um, I, I love hearing your honor. It's he was the first guy I put into my contrarian article for tight ends. Yeah, and and the beat writers. One of the beat writers. Philly doesn't have great beat writers, or they have some great ones really great ones and like a bunch of not so great ones, but one of them, uh, one of them recorded every single pass hurts through in practice and far and away his most targeted and most productive receiver was uh, Goddard. But number two was Zach Ertz. And like, that was surprising to me, but apparently he looks amazing this year, way better than he looked last year. Remember before last year, he was putting up wide receiver one numbers, both by volume and production uh, and, and, you know, he outsnapped Goddard this preseason when the two were healthy, he was running around on like 75% of the dropbacks versus Goddard. It's like 60%. So I, I do think that's a, a pretty good call. And, you know, the position we like to punt, even on a week like this with so much value is going to be tight end. Yeah. He's a full one K cheaper than Goddard and like about full one K cheaper on FanDuel too. So I'm definitely with y'all there. Um, let's but- talk about. Let's talk miles real quick. Um, Scott, are you, are you in on miles at all this week? Um, I mean, our projections love him. Uh, it, it really makes a ton of sense given this matchup again, you know, bottom three defensive line. Uh, if we like hurts, we, we should like, say, I, I, but I just, you know, there's so much value at, at the running back position. I, yeah. I don't see myself playing him too much. Yeah. He's yeah. He's at the top of that like value tree. I think, yeah. And it, it's also noteworthy that, you know, the concerns with potentially Gainwell playing the Naheem Hines role, you know, the yeah. spread is at least close enough that yeah. that's not too concerning. Yeah. And I mean, for what it's worth, Falcons had a good run D last year. Like Grady Jarrett's still playing at a really high level. Uh, Falcons gave up the fewest expected points per rush last year, 10th fewest yards per game. And to your point on Gainwell, I don't think we're going to see Sanders in that kind of like bell cow-esque role that he had last year. And he's still struggling with drops for some reason. I think it's like some sort of mental block he has. But yeah, I think I'm off. I'm off miles too. Um, Johnny, any final thoughts on the Eagles before we talk Falcons here? Talk Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I think people are a little too low on Sanders. Um, the one thing, the one thing that no one really talked about is so like early on in camps or like middle of camp, Sirianni created this like poster with like the teams like four, I don't know, the four values or whatever it was, you know, like work hard, something. It was like four little terms. And it had like Hertz and um one of the one of their, you know star defensive players. I forget which one. Um, and Sanders was one of the four guys on that, on that poster. 
he didn't play like the entire preseason. Um, I think they're, they're pretty set on, on Sanders being the, the lead guy. And I think if, if it happens this week, like, like people aren't really expecting, everyone's sort of expecting him to be like that 60% kind of guy. But if he's like an 80% kind of guy, uh, then this will be the last time you'll, you'll get him at this kind of ownership. So I think there's there's value in him. I also think there's value in, in playing him on DraftKings as leverage off of Hertz, who will be the highest owned quarterback. Because if Sanders has two touchdowns and you know Hertz busts and and you are you know you just pass the entire field. Yeah, I think yeah, there's something to be said too that they didn't carry a bigger back too. They cut Howard. They cut Carry on. Carry, carry on's dust at this point. But I mean, there's something certainly to be said that they didn't. They they haven't even sniffed around on any of like the you know Latavius types either. So. Um, the carry share will be there. I'm still concerned um, between Hertz scrambling and uh, gain law. I still think the, the passing down stuff is scary, but yeah, I mean, he, he definitely has, you know, touchdown appeal, but so does, uh, so does every lead back for, for the most part. Um, Falcons, Powell Pitts, man, 4,400. I think this is the cheapest he's going to be all year by far. And In I think his he's career. Gonna be, yeah, yeah, that's also probably true. Uh, he's going to be mega chalk, but the price is stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so here's what I'm excited about for week one of the Cashing Points live stream is I am so juiced up about all these underpriced rookies and Johnny is always fade the rookies week one. So so are we are we coming to blows on guys like Kyle Pitts, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall, or are you on board, Johnny? I just, I think the the issue is that, you know, most teams that people are going to build are going to have two rookie wide receiver or tight ends. Um, and I just think that's bad. Um, I mean, being over leveraged on week one rookies um, is, is just not a correct, not the correct process. Um, I think Pitts is the one who, it, whose price is I think most valuable in the sense that, you know, what you expect his role to be as more of a, you know, wide receiver tight end hybrid, um, which may, I think he, the Kyle Pitts square makes DraftKings cash games kind of, kind of annoying. Um, But I think in tournaments, you should be doing what you can to get away from the rookies. Um, I think, you know, a 35% owned rookie tight end, um, you know, we're either going to look back and be like, yeah, that was dumb. We played all these rookies or we're going to, you know, everyone's going to look back and be like, told you Kyle Pitts was a wide receiver, but either way, I mean, the ownership, the ownership is, is a huge factor here. Um, So I think Pitts is a little more fun to play um, on FanDuel and and Yahoo, where he probably won't be as, as highly owned. Um, But you just, you really got to be careful. You know, if you, if you look at your lineup and you have, two rookie wide receivers and Kyle Pitts in it, you know, that's just a horrible tournament lineup. It's also going to be really chalky, really, really chalky. Um, I will say Pitts is 6K on FanDuel. I mean, he's the tight end three in pricing. So, yeah, I'm with you. He's going to be – he's definitely going to be lower on there. If you want to, if you want to like, fade on DK and play him on FanDuel, I think that's, that's in play. Let's, um, let's talk about your guy, Graham. Uh, your, your stats on this were some of the best stats I've seen on any player. Of course, I stole it for 96 stats. Uh, I will just say potential shadow against Darius Slay is not too scary. He's basically like a neutral matchup. He's been a neutral matchup for two straight years. So not really someone to worry about. Also, it's a new brand new scheme in Philly. 
Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't look at all settled or polished in preseason. In fact, it looked bad. Uh, so we don't know if he is going to shadow. We don't know how concerning uh, it is, whether or not he does, he, he shadows or does not. Uh, but your guy, Calvin Ridley, how high do you have him? He's yeah. going to be owned. Yeah, he's going to, he's going to be owned, man. But I mean, it's just, you know, death taxes and Calvin Ridley destroying everybody's souls when Julio Jones out of the lineup. I mean, not in the eight games that he's played without Julio, he's seen 10, 13, 10, 9, 12, 14, and 9. Uh, nine targets uh, and 12 targets in that final late game. Uh, you know, gone over 13 fantasy points in every single game. He scored over 20 and you know, four or five. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a money spot. And Darius Slay doesn't scare me at all. They're, the Eagles are switching to zone. I mean, they're going to be a zone-based defense. They were 45% uh, man coverage last year, according to SIS. That was the eighth highest rate in the league. Um, I think they're going to completely swap that. I think they're going to probably be 60 to 70% zone and, I think Wes wrote this up in his advanced master up piece, which by the way is the Bible. Oh my God. That thing is the Bible, man. Um, I think he wrote this up in his uh, matchup piece that this is like no concern whatsoever. Ridley eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 targets in a game that has shootout appeal. I mean, every Falcons game at home has shootout appeal. Um, I think he's going to be owned. I think it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm curious to get Johnny's thoughts on this between uh, what he thinks? What do you think ownership will be between Ridley, Hopkins, and Adams? Because I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be pretty flat between those three. Just to bolster that Ridley argument. So yeah, he's seen nine targets in all eight of those games Julio Jones missed, but he fell below that mark sixty-five percent of the time when Jones played. So even with that factor in, he's hit at least seventeen DraftKings fantasy points in fifteen of his last eighteen games. 83%. Contrast that with like a Keenan Allen who hit that mark only 44% of the time over his last 18 games, just like crazy, crazy floor. And then we've seen that massive ceiling without Julio Jones. You, you brought up the point about heavier zone defense. Cal Pitts destroys man coverage. You really want those yeah. man matchups, but yeah, I could see Ridley feasting in this zone, zone matchup. Johnny, what do you think about uh, ownership on Ridley versus, you know, lots of very playable, expensive wide receivers who look great this week. Um, on the, the three that Graham noted, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think anyone's really going to play him. People want to play Rondell mm. Moore. We'll, we'll get to that. We have um, him as our wide receiver one this week. In our yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Hopkins. Yeah. We'll talk about Hopkins. Yeah. Um, but I think Ridley Adams, and digs will be some, I think those are going to be the three. They're going to be somewhat flat in like the 15% range. Okay. Um, and then I think Hopkins and, and Hill are um, not being targeted as much, but I think most teams are going to have two of those cheap guys and one of uh, digs, Adams, Ridley as their um, like finishing piece, I think is what you're going to see as the, yeah. the chalk construction. So um Ridley, I would expect to be a little less owned than than Diggs and Adams, but I think he's going to be close. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it's just going to be so easy this week. Um, if you want to go that route to get one of those a sub 5K receivers or two and then, you know, come back up and get one of these top guys too. So interesting. We'll get to Hopkins because I, I want to pick your brain on the Hopkins take a little bit more, but that's game of the week. Um, before we move on here, Mike Davis, anybody? He's cheap on DK. I mean, I think he's at worst the 1A. Uh, I think they're going to play Goldman a little bit. I think they're going to play Corderell Patterson more than people think. Um, but, you know, what is he, 5,600, I think I looked. I don't have it pulled up right now. But any interest in Davis? 
Yeah, I think he's 5,400. He's a good value. Yeah. Um, he's a good, like, mid-range value. Uh, I yeah, think An- Antonio Gibson is going to probably be more owned than him. So, I yeah. think he's, like, a reasonable pivot in that in that mid-range. Um, Davis, I probably wouldn't play on FanDuel or Yahoo. I'd probably s- stick to him as a DraftKings play. I think, I think the Falcons have pretty much shown us what they're planning to commit to at running back with Davis is their running back one and, and CPAT as their running back two. I think, I think it should be obvious what they want to do. They're going to throw the balls to the backs. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think CPAT is not going to get more than, I don't know, six to eight touches a game. I just, he's never been a player that's been anything more than like a gadget guy, but those, those are going to add up. Um, all right, let's move on. Steelers up bills. Uh, bills are six point favorites over unders 48. It's down two points. It opened at 50. It's down to 48. Now um, kind of sneaky, big injury news in this game. The star Latule is out. Um, he is their best run defender and that bills run defense last year was not very good. So they're already out Latule against Najee Harris uh, road dog. We never really want to play those types of running backs, but I think Harris is probably, the, you know, if this is going to be the, the theme of the show, I think Harris is probably the cheapest he's going to be. All year, uh, 6,300 cheaper than James Robinson, cheaper than Miles Sanders, uh, cheaper than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I think we feel a lot more comfortable about Harris's role than those three guys, at least on DraftKings. Um, so let's start there because I think the Bills side is pretty straightforward with their passing game. I think the Steelers side is is the one with more intrigue here. So uh, let's start with Harris. He's actually cheaper on, on FanDuel. So I I think he's a good value on both sites. Yeah. It's, it's sort of the same thing with him that we have with Gibson and Mixon who are, you know, two of my tier one plays at the running back position where the argument is just the argument I outlined throughout all of the off season. It's, Hey, he's a high level prospect. He's a bell cow. He just landed into the ideal team environment. Don't at me with, Pittsburgh's offensive line rankings last year. You're a bell cow. You can overcome that with target volume, just like you can overcome uh, the fact that Pittsburgh's 6.5 point dogs, Buffalo, the, the shut down the deep passing game funnels volume to the short and underneath uh, routes, which is where, you know, Najee Harris should soak up targets. I don't like him as much as Gibson or Mixon because the environment isn't as good, you know, 6.5 line that, that does matter but he is severely mispriced. He is a bell cow. He is the type of player I gravitate towards. And, and Johnny, I, n- I know you're, you're probably uh, agreeing with me on this one. I know you like Najee. Yeah. I like, I like Najee season long outlook. I think this is a tough spot because I just, I think Buffalo just dusts the Steelers. Yeah. That's definitely um, possible. Yeah. So I think that's part of the concern. Um, the pot, I mean, the positive that, that the Steelers get is that the, I think the bill, when the bills dust teams in 2021, I think it's going to be like fairly quick dusting in the sense that I don't think they're going to run the ball a whole lot and eat a whole lot of clock. Yep. Um, but I do think there's some concern for the Steelers really, you know, scoring a lot of points. Um, but I think Najee is a guy who is reasonable in Buffalo Steelers game stacks. Like he's not a running back that I would be scared to have as a bring back with, with my Buffalo guys. Definitely not a guy I would want to play in like cash games, but I think he is a decent tournament play. If you, you know, if you're using digs or 
or Allen or um, any of those guys. I do like him in stacks. Yeah, to your point about the Bills offense, um, last year these two teams matched up in week 14, and the Bills went 71% pass heavy in the first three quarters until they built a lead and then just kind of ran the ball in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, they were – they were attacking, man, Pittsburgh secondary. And it's not like Josh Allen was, you know, uh, just checking the ball down. I mean, he stayed aggressive. His dot in that game was 11.8 yards downfield. So, I mean, if they carry a similar game plan, especially if Manny Sanders is healthy and ready to play, which I think he is, I think we're going to see Bills go four wide. I think they're they're going to just try to air it out and just get mismatches all over the field. And Stephon Diggs in this game went 10 for 130 and one uh, in this spot last year too. So, yeah, I think I think we're going to see a very very pass heavy plan from the Bills here, and that is a concern for Harris, especially if the Bills get up like quick fourteen three or seventeen three or something. Yeah, and quickly I want to note um, Sanders is banged up, um, so if Sanders doesn't play, if he's like a guy you find out is inactive, I think Gabriel Davis becomes just an awesome awesome tournament play because he's going to be the same price as most of those wide receivers that people are fitting in, and the majority of those. People are playing wide receiver threes on teams with way smaller of a team total than Gabriel Davis is going to have. I mean, the Bills have a 28-point team total, um, so you're going to get him at like 3% ownership, 1% ownership versus wide receiver threes on teams with, you know, 21-point team totals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great call. Um, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Um, Deontay is more expensive on DK, but I think Claypool has more scoring upside uh, from a touchdown perspective. Um, I, I don't, I really don't have a good feel for um, how ownership's going to shake out in this like low six to mid five range uh, because so much of the ownership is going to dip down to the, you know, the cheap guys that we'll get to. Um, but man, I mean, if you're stacking up this game, I, I think you have, if you're stacking Allen to Diggs, you have to run it back with one of those two guys, right? I like Deontay a lot more than Claypool. Just it's a function of the Sean McDermott scheme that totally shuts down the deep passing game, which should yeah. allow Deontay to thrive in that short to intermediate level of the field. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I think they're just, I think Claypool is just really fucking good. I don't think they're going to shadow, they're not going to shadow Trey White with him, right? Uh, no, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. And they move, they move Claypool around too. Sorry, go ahead, Johnny. No, I just, I think this is a game where, you know, I would prefer to stack up where I can sort of rotate guys. Because um, it's not like we expect the Steelers to really smash, but we do expect them to be trailing. So there should be a lot of opportunity, but, you know, picking opportunity when a team is you're expecting a team to be down like nine points half the game is, is always kind of tough. Yeah. Um, I mean, for what it's worth in our ownership projections, we have Claypool at 4% um, pulling up Deontay. Yeah. Deontay's at six. So both yeah. of those guys, but that seems about right. I think they're both going to be in that like five to eight range um, for People sure. We're not playing Steelers because they're playing Buffalo. Defense. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um. I don't know. I'm kind of excited for the Steelers offense, man. Just like as an anecdote, like they did not use play action at all last year. And we all know play action is a massive efficiency boost for passing. I mean, you just get linebackers and safeties to just stare at the run for even half a second. And it's going to allow these receivers to get behind them. They used play action 12% of the time last year is by far the lowest in the NFL. 
Um, one of the things I saw in the preseason is they use way more motion and way more play action with Matt Canada. Um, so I, I do think if, if Ben is not just totally noodle armed, which, you know, he's coming off, you know, he's two, now two years removed from a major injury. I do think there's a little more upside with the Steelers passing game early in the year uh, until, you know, Roethlisberger potentially falls apart. So if you're going to get on the Steelers passing game, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where you got to get in early until big Ben maybe falls apart here. Um, all right. Any final thoughts here on this game? Just, uh, just to note again on Buffalo defense, I think it'll probably be the highest owned defense on DraftKings. I think they're a pretty good play 2,500 for a team that should probably close as a touchdown favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That line has been moving towards Buffalo all week too. Um, okay. Jets Panthers, uh, is the next game up. Panthers are five and a half point favorites and, uh, Tom Brawley pulled this out, uh, in our game hub, um, our game hub, he put puts together fantastic trends, and, and Brawley's stat here is crazy. Uh, this is going to be the first time in Sam Darnold's career that he's ever been favored in any game. That is mind blowing. They're five and a half point favorites. I believe it opened at three and a half. It's moved to five and a half. Over under is four, uh, 44.5. Um, I don't know, man. I think if we got to start with Elijah Moore in this Jets wide receiver situation. Jamison Crowder is on the COVID list. He's unvaccinated, so he has to do the whole 10-day uh, mandatory staying away from the team. He's out. Keelan Cole is now a game-time decision. Uh, I did not get a chance to see any practice sports, but I don't believe he practiced today. Uh, so Cole is a game-time decision. Crowder's out. It's now Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Uh, and probably Denzel Mims will be the flanker. Uh, Davis at X, Moore in the slot, and Mims at flanker. Um, man, Elijah Moore was three, you know, he's 3K. I knew he'd be pretty popular even if Crowder missed, but now with Keelan Cole, you know, questionable at best and potentially limited, even if he does play, I think, I think we're going to see Elijah Moore just be massively, massively on. So Scott, does it matter? Yeah, I actually think Corey Davis is going to be significantly more highly owned, uh, but I am going to play the crap out of Elijah Moore. That's my guy. That's been my guy. And DraftKings gave me a gift. They emailed me. They said, Scott, we know Elijah's your guy. So we went out, we, we set him at minimum price. So Elijah Moore season starts off on the perfect footing, scoring 23 DraftKings fantasy points at the minimum price tag. Uh, and I'm all in. It's just my guy. It's week one. And like, I'm not going to go into week one thinking I'm wrong about my guys. So I'm just going to go ahead and play him. Listen, Corey Davis is a great play. You saw what happened this preseason, but uh, I'm just going to go with my guy. I'm going to play my guy and hope Corey is, is more highly owned. Uh, Johnny, what do be. you think? Corey Davis won't be highly as highly owned anymore. I think people were interested in Davis before these, the uh, Crowder and uh, Cole pop up. Now, I mean, every projection model in the industry has Elijah Moore as, as like a top five points per salary for DraftKings. Yep. Um, I think, I think, how I want to, what I want to do with Moore is going to depend on his ownership. He's another one of the, it's both Moores, Rondale Moore and Elijah Moore. Rookie slot wide receivers at massive ownership just like does not give me a full chub uh, in week one, man. Um, you know, it's like these scores are going to be so high in week one. Elijah Moore gets you six for 65. Like that's totally fine, but that's not going to win you a tournament. Um, and I think the, you know, Corey Davis is much more likely to get you like five for 120 and, and one 
Um, so that's, that's my worry with, with more, like what is his ceiling versus what his ownership's going to end up being his, I think his, like his median projection is really good, but what is his ceiling? He his missed ceiling, a ton of time. His ceiling is in the heavens, Johnny. This is As, a for his career star. for his career. I would agree. But when you miss like most of the off season, yeah. Zach Wilson was playing. So, I mean, so again, that was, that was a gift. Robert Sala emailed me. He said, listen, I'm going to keep this guy under wraps. There's no quad injury. It's all a ruse. Just wanted to press his ADP for you. <laughs> I get it. I get it, Johnny. I get it. Yeah. I'm, I think that's I'm more on, I'm, for what it's worth, just to be the the kind of like middle ground, I am more on Johnny's side too. Because man, I mean, more did miss Scott. He missed a shit ton of time, man, a ton of time. But but not practice. He missed he oh. missed the preseason. He mi- game. Yeah, he missed practice, man. He's been he back in practice. practice for how many weeks now? Like two? One, about ten days. Yeah, ten yeah. days. Yeah, he's fine. I mean, that's not enough time to get like fully ramped up. He missed. I mean, weeks. I mean, what happened before that though? Before that, it was th- this guy is Randy Moss two He's Zach Wilson's boy. They're going on cute Italian bro date dinners together. Yeah, he's, I don't doubt that Elijah Moore is going to have a great season or a great career. Uh, I just think this week I, I'm, I'm with Johnny. I think people right. are going to just – they're going to be all over it, man. I'm not, I'm not talking you down from your guy. Play your guy, man. Like, it's an Corey Davis is forty. Corey Davis is 4,900, and he got like 10 targets on what Wilson's 12 dropbacks in the preseason. Yeah, that was like, insane. Yeah, they that's the chemistry. That's 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 the play. Well, um, I was so excited to go all in on Corey Davis in that preseason game that then like after the rain, the Jets just like decided not to play any of their starters. It was just going to dunk on everyone. But yeah, I mean, that's Corey Davis clearly is like Will is is Wilson's guy right now. That could change. Um, But I think this week it's it's Corey Davis. The, The question really becomes like Elijah Moore versus Rondell Moore. If Rondell Moore is like 30% owned and Elijah Moore is 15, um, I prefer Elijah. If they're both the same ownership, I prefer Elijah. If Elijah's way more owned than Rondell, then that's going to change some things for me. Elijah Moore is a better play than, than Rondell Moore. Though. I'd rather play a wide receiver two than a wide receiver three. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. We'll get to Rondell too, but I think, you know, your ceiling argument on Elijah is basically reduxed what I have for Rondell Moore. I mean, he, Rondo Moore's a dot is going to be like Debo Samuel esque this season, you know, and that has, that has play that has a val- Yeah. Yeah. It's the, if, what, to quote Rich Rebar, it's the horizontal raid, yeah. which is perfect. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think I'm with you on that. Is, is Ty um, Johnson in play? No. You really want to play a Jets back week one, man? You They're going to rotate all three of these guys. Five, I don't think you can. Yeah. I, the B writers were saying he's the, he's the RB1. I just, you know, vague. The B writers. Dude, the right. B writers in New York pissed me off all off season. They said in May that Michael Carter's running with the ones. Yeah. They said the only in thing that's sure July, is that they said Michael Carter is not a one. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's the thing. Yeah. We, but but they did sure. say that for, for all of March uh, or yeah. all of April, May, June, yeah. and then July, something happened. All right. We also got to remember this. This is a, this is going to be a Shanahan offense. Right. I mean, they are going to play all three running backs. This is it's Salah and it's um, what's his name? The 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 younger flower for then and, <laughs> Yeah, I can remember <laughs> his first name. Um, so they're going to do Shanahanigans as five point underdogs. So I just don't think you can get excited about 
any any of these these running backs. Yeah. Yeah, it would not surprise me if Tevin Coleman came out and played, you know, lead snaps, whatever that might be, like 45% this week either. Um, he's a Shanahan right, guy. He knows the system. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's perfect. Coleman is like always been a tease to me because he'll have like four good runs and then he'll have like six that are just freaking yeah. trash. But that's the nature of Darnold really quick, though. Yeah, well, we yeah, let's talk CMC too, because I mean, CMC man, I mean, if this were we could like guarantee, well, we can basically guarantee McCaffrey's going to get the same role, but like he's 10k, like like lock button 10k at the end of 2019, and then you know start last year before he dealt with all those injuries. I mean, you're getting a pretty nice discount just off the top at 9500, right? Yep, he's yep. going to be the highest owned running back on all three sides. Yep. Um, what you got on Darnold, John? So I think the, what's, what's fun about Darnold, like Darnold's a great play. He's a great price on all the sites. Um, this is, you know, quote unquote, going against the, the revenge narrative. This is a Jets team that has been a bit of a pass funnel for, for years. He is leverage off of the highest owned, most expensive player on the slate. He's getting popular though, but people are talking about just like playing Darnold as a way to get up to more expensive players. So I think if you're going to play Darnold, you want to play him with you. You want to mix and match him with the pass catchers. DJ Moore obviously is the best play with Darnold. Anyone who says otherwise did not watch the preseason. Robbie Anderson would be number two. And then Terrace Marshall is going to be the most popular of those three. And it's, mind-boggling because he's the wide receiver three he's only going to play about 65 to 70 percent of the routes mm-hmm. he's a good guy to like rotate in if you're going to build 10 darnold teams but if you're building one darnold team you're stacking him with Moore and robbie and you're fading christian mccaffrey on it and it just becomes huge leverage on the field because people aren't playing these 6k wide receivers like Moore and anderson and the the passing tree for the panthers they they do not use the tight end I mean, they are not yeah. going to use a tight end, and we know exactly who the ball is going to. If Darnold throws, you know, four touchdown passes and McCaffrey gets none, then you're going to need Darnold to to win GPPs. Um, he ran a little bit in the preseason, which was which was encouraging to see. Um, but the more and more I see people talking about him, if Darnold ends up in like that 15 to 20 percent ownership range for quarterback, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so two things. The first thing on Darnold is Jets still don't have a pass rush. So any concern over Darnold seeing ghosts, we're fine there. DJ Moore is the guy I really want to talk about, man. He This is a brand new role. He is going to be the underneath low A dot guy, which is a complete flop or uh, like swap from last year. Uh, Moore was the, the deep threat. Um, in the preseason, man, I mean, they use DJ Moore on a bunch of like very, very shallow routes. And I think he has like massive, massive upside, like six K six to eight catch upside. And he's only 6,100. And to your point, Johnny, nobody's going to play him. Yeah. Robbie Anderson has the, has the rapport with Sam Darnold. Uh, he ran a significantly higher percentage of his routes from the slot. We know that Sam Darnold's favorite receiver every single year is his slot receiver that goes through multiple regimes that dates back to college this preseason, only one quarterback targeted the slot more often than Darnold. 
so I like Robbie. I also like Terrace Marshall, who, you know, he's not going to play in two wide receiver sets, but he is going to be the yeah. slot in three wide receiver sets. He looked unreal in the preseason. Uh, so my only issue is, is who to play. I'm not with you on DJ Moore, uh, but got, it's just like, I mean, they're got, all in play. You got nine targets in one half with yep. Sam Darnold. I think some I, of I do, yeah, DJ did. I think some of that Proctor was they he didn't play any of their well, they did they played Darnold for like what us like one series in the first game and then more, you know, yeah, but they, they kept they kept Robbie and more played or Robbie played one snap in the yeah. first the first dress rehearsal game, and then right. they played more and Robbie in that dude. I mean, it was just like he was just peppering more yeah. and and Robbie. It was yeah, very clearly a, a thing. Um yeah. I love Marshall as a talent. I think it's awesome. I think he's a, an amazing wide receiver three, but he's going to be like 10% owned. He's going to be the guy that people stack with Darnold and, and he's the third best option, regardless of price of the three. Right. But I'm with you, Scott. I think Robbie, I'm glad he didn't really explode in, in the preseason. Um, those are the two. I, I just, I want Robbie or DJ because no, one, no one's playing. Them. They're both yeah. great plays. Yeah. Um, the worst, the worst cornerback trio in the NFL. Is it the Jets? Is it the Texans? Is it? It might be the Cardinals right now. Yeah, I think it's the. There's Cardinals. some bad teams out there. I, I, I think Selva pointed this out on Twitter, and maybe Mike Clay too. But this is, I mean, it is brutal right now. The, the secondaries in the NFL right now. We are going to see, you know, last year one of the biggest things we were all talking about with the COVID, you know, offseason is. Um, you know, just how much defenses are going to have to adjust, you know, because they just didn't have the time to get the rapport. They didn't have the time to get the communication down. Um, you know, now that's changed, but they're all dealing with just terrible cornerback rooms. I mean, there are so many teams that just are in desperate, desperate need of corners. Um, and the Jets are certainly, certainly one of them. Um, let's move on to another team that, that needs some corners. They're going to need some corner help this week with Trey Wayne's out. Uh, it's Vikings at Bengals. Vikings are a three and a half point road favorites, 47 and a half yeah. over under. Um, I think this game from just like the Viking side is just so straightforward. Davin Cook's going to be pretty popular, not as popular as McCaffrey, but he'll be, you know, in that 20% range. Um, Cousins, Jefferson, and Thielen, man. I mean, we know where the ball is going to go. It's going to be 55, 60% target share to both Jefferson and Thielen. They're going to get all the air yards too. Um, Thielen's the end zone guy. Um, I really like Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen double stack as leverage off of Cook quite a bit. Uh, we just need the Bengals to do something here. And that's my biggest concern. Can Joe Burrow and the Bengals do anything here? Yeah, I, I like this game a lot. Uh, yeah, so same. Kirk Cousins, I think is like maybe the 17th best quarterback in football. Yeah. Talk to Wes. He'll have him in his top seven, but so we don't really agree there, but we're in complete agreement that he is the number one QB when it comes to shredding cover one defenses, he's at least top 12 against cover four. So he's going to see a ton of that from the Bengals this week. Uh, speak of bad cornerback trios, uh, the lost William Jackson, a top 20 cornerback, uh, their, their CV one is out. He's not playing this game. So I, I think Thielen Jefferson absolutely shreds. And then on the other side of the ball, Vikings had, you know, a bottom three cornerback trio last year, but it's a brand new, uh, they brought in three new guys who are at least competent. Um, but, but I mean, Tyler Boyd's underpriced T Higgins is severely underpriced. 
I like both of those guys, Joe Mixon. I like about as much as I like Antonio Gibson, which means, you know, I absolutely love him tier one guy. So I, I could talk about any of these guys. I, I like this game a lot. Um, what do you think ownership's going to be on the, you know, not Dalvin cook in this game, Johnny? Uh, on the Viking side, it'll be low. Yeah. Um, I think, Mixon, so I think, I think running back ownership, uh, at least on, on DraftKings and, probably similarly on, on FanDuel will be McCaffrey highest owned, um, Kamara second highest owned, and then Joe Mixon will be the third highest owned. So I think that's going to end up bringing down like the, the fantasy industry as a whole sort of like flipped Kamara to running back two over Dalvin cook over the last week or so. So I think he ends up higher owned as like the, the shiny new toy with, with Jameis and Dalvin cook. So I think Dalvin cook, is like an interesting, if you build the chalk team and you just play Cook and, and instead of Kamara, it's going to make you a little different for, for smaller fields because he's also $500 more on on DraftKings. And then he's um, like six or $800 more on, on FanDuel. So Cook, I think, will is by Sunday, I think is going to be less owned than I had originally expected him to be. And then Jefferson and Thielen, I don't think are going to carry any any ownership at all. Yeah, people want to play Higgins and they want to play Mixon the most yeah. from this game. Yeah, all right. Then I'm all I'm all in on Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen. Then, um, and it's easy to run it back too because you can you can kind of tell yourself a story with either Mixon or Higgins, and they're both not cost prohibitive at all. I mean, you can kind of just swallow the chalk with, with Mixon, and um, yeah. and be you know be contrarian with Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, or you can bring it back with Higgins, who I think is going to be pretty popular too. Um, I think Conklin's a good play too. Oh, Conklin's a great play. He's men, right? Stone men? No. Just above it. Just above it. Just above? 2,900. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a fine play, too. He'll, I think – I don't know. What do you th- – eh, What do you think? My favorite gonna- part about him is that he's just cheaper than Pitts. Like, he's yeah. the best tight end play less than Pitts. So, so he out-targeted Irv Smith last year. Yeah. Uh, when it was just the two of them active. And then this preseason, we saw Irv Smith play like a Logan Thomas-esque role, but now he's not playing. So they really don't have anyone else. He's practicing full each of the last two weeks. And the tight end position, that's a position we, we typically like to punt. You said he's practiced in full because he was dealing with that hamstring, didn't play off. Yeah, he practiced in full the last two weeks. I don't, I, two okay. days, I don't think he's 100%, but I think yeah. he's going to get, you know, a, a crazy good role. Zimmer was also yeah. just like keeping these guys out. Anyone who was like even remotely questionable during the preseason, he just like didn't didn't play them. Good Completely for him because John Harbaugh John should Harbaugh. go to jail. Yeah, <laughs> go to jail. We I, just said Harbaugh. The thing is, though, is like Dobbins was set to play like seven snaps. Like it's you know he was just like, uh, what the fuck? I just what the fuck? I mean, I get playing Lamar a series because he missed so much time because of COVID, but I. I I'm still angry about this, whatever. Um, Bengals I think side. It's, it's because the, so the teams that have, you have to remember the teams that have like new O-line configurations want running True. backs. You want your running backs to learn like who they're putting their hand on, like who are they bumping into, et cetera. Like how big are these guys? Cause it changes how they're going to hit these, hit these holes. So they want to get these guys to play like a few, a few snaps with them. Um, unfortunately i get i get out. that but man you can get that mental rep in practice and then you can get the game reps week one like 
these guys take so much fucking punishment. It's I get it, but we we all say that, but at the end of the day, like Andy Reid plays his starters. Yeah. True. So I, I don't True. know. Sean you know, McVay doesn't Sean McVay doesn't though. Yeah, I've, he's and he sucks. He's a fake shark. Ah, fake shark. Damn. damn. I didn't know there was so much McVay hate in these streets. I'm just um, o- I'm over McVay. Like, give me a new, fun, young head coach who's actually good and will win a Super Bowl. You know, I think Robert. Sala, I think Salah might be that guy. Honestly, I, I think so. He, he's I hope he's so. on the defensive side, so he's but he seems, yeah, but he's, he seems ready he's still to easy let to root for. Do it. Yeah, yeah, he's still easy to root for too. Um, yeah. All right, so Bengals side. I mean, it's it's Mixon, it's Higgins. Uh, any interest in Boyd or Chase? Um, no one's going to play Chase. Like the hive mind is completely off of Chase. Yeah, so, I wish so he was a little cheaper. Yeah, so same. He's yeah. Boyd, but, you can make a compelling argument for he is the softest matchup of the three wide receivers. Uh, also, you know, maybe some hesitancy with Joe Burrow regarding his wonky knee, and you know, Vikings defensive line is pretty good, so he just gets peppered with short targets. He's a he's a Higgins is like a top three value on DraftKings per the supermodel, but. Uh, Boyd is like 10th on DraftKings and he's like fourth on, on FanDuel. So you can make an argument there, uh, but I, I prefer Higgins. I just like the upside more. Yeah. I think Chase is probably, I'm a little more interested on, on FanDuel. He's I think 5,500 there draft. I mean, Chase is just like, he's just a, it'll depend on like, I don't think Higgins is going to be massively owned anymore. Like I had originally thought he was going to be, but if Higgins ends up like, you know, being top five in ownership, then I think chase is a pretty strong pivot off of, off of Higgins at basically the same price. Yeah. That 4,800 pocket is really interesting on DK with chase Judy and Higgins. Um, We'll get to, we'll get to Judy in a little bit, but yeah, you got Boyd, Boyd a little bit more expensive than those guys too. But um, all right, that'll do it for the Bengals. Uh, 49ers Lions here. Um, my God, if the Niners even bring their B game, they're going to stomp the Lions here. They're seven point road favorites, over unders 44 and a half. Um, I think if this game were in San Francisco, we would see, you know, 10, 12, 13 point spread here. I mean, the 49ers just have such a mismatch. Um, they have an even bigger mismatch on. The defensive line versus the Lions offensive line. No Taylor Decker this week. And Penny Sewell's really struggled in the preseason, according to our guy, Greg Cosell. So I think the Lions O-line is in a bit of a tough spot here. Um, the thing is, I think I think this game is like tournament only. Uh, and I love both Raheem Mostert with Niners D. And I love Ayuk. Those are, those are the two guys here. I want to get after, but the biggest question I have, I'm interested to get both of your thoughts on is like, who gets the goal line carries? Is it Mostert or is it Sermon? Cause Mostert has never been good near the goal line. It's Traysom Hill Lance. <laughs> yeah, they... The, yeah. They're going to do some Lance packages for uh, sure. Yeah. 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 It was really interesting to see that uh, yeah. Roger Goodell give the 49ers an extra preseason game which means I wouldn't be surprised if they keep, you know, Monster does what he does the first and second quarter. And then, you know, they're up by 38 points and it's the Trey Sermon show. I I think he's legitimately in play. I think, I think really everyone on the 49ers side is in play just because the lions are so bad. 
Yeah. The thing I just, I love about Mostera, man, he looked so damn good in that third preseason game. Like he had the juice back, man, like fully 100%. And I want guys that have 75 yard touchdown upside in tournaments and Mostert 100% has that. And you get the added benefit that I think he's a little overpriced 5,800. He's wedged right in there between Mixon and Gibson. I think Mostert's going to be like 3%. I, I absolutely love Way better play on FanDuel though. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's six, he's sixty one hundred there, and you don't have to worry about PPR issues. True, true. Mostert does catch a few passes. I think he's going to catch more than Sermon this year, but um, that's a good call. Um, Ayuk, let's talk some Ayuk. Um, Ayuk versus Samuel. Um, I haven't had a chance to look at it on Fanduel, but um, oh man, I I, I think Ayuk just has just mouth watering upside. He's more, uh, he's two hundred cheaper than Debo on DK. Um, Ayuk's the deep threat. The Lions don't have anybody to stop that deep threat. The issue, my issue with Ayuk is that he, so like the time that Lance started taking first team reps, Ayuk missed all of that with the hamstring injury. So Debo, Debo was basically the wide receiver one for the entire time that Lance was taking first team reps. And then Debo just, or Ayuk just returned to practice the middle of this week. So I like if I knew it was Jimmy Garoppolo for the entire game, then I would be I would be excited about Ayuk. But if it's going to be this like mixed whatever, it's I struggle to play Ayuk because of that. I don't know. I I just struggle to play any of these 49ers and it's tough because they have such a strong team total and they should just like curb stomp the Lions. But I really like no one really gets me excited because I think a lot of these guys are, are going to play. Um, and then Lance also. Played a ton with Trent Sherfield. Um, that was kind of his guy too, who I think will is going to rotate at wide receiver three with Mohamed Sanu, which is really annoying because Shanahan is going to be as annoying as possible this year because um, he just, I guess, finds it fun now to just lie to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I love that earlier this uh, this July or maybe was, I think it was during first week of training camp. Shanahan's like, yeah, we're not going to give Lance any first team reps, and literally the next day. He starts and he starts and gets first team reps. Yeah, um, yeah it's tough. It's tough. I mean, this is why Niners are tournament only. I mean, Ayuk only needs five or six targets and maybe one or two deep targets to completely destroy. Um, same with Mostert. I mean, he only needs 13, 14 carries to, you know, go nuts. But yeah, that's why these guys are tournament only. Uh, any interest in the lines at all? No. No. All right, let's move on. Seahawks, Colts. Uh, Seahawks are three point favorites on the road. Uh, 51 over under uh, big news in this game though, is no Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes is going to miss uh, guys. DK Metcalf to the freaking moon. I mean, he's both him and Lockett are in such good spots here. Uh, I know Wes noted in his article that Russ Wilson struggles against uh, the type of zone that the, uh, the Colts play, but I mean, my God, they're, they're down their best corner and, and Metcalf and, and all these guys, I think just have so much more upside than people uh, kind of gave well Metcalf was a second round pick but Lockett especially Lockett was a fifth round pick if the if Pete Carroll gets out of the way and lets Shane Waldron do his thing and push the pace and go pass heavy um, Wilson Metcalf and Lockett all just have so much so much upside yeah I, so something that's just interesting to me is throughout the entirety of the Matt Eberfluss era in Indianapolis They've ranked top five in schedule-adjusted fantasy points per game allowed to wide receiver ones. 
I think that's entirety a function of scheme because there were some years where their cornerbacks were really bad. Um, that's just interesting to me. It's just, it's just interesting. Uh, but by the same token, obviously, you know, love DK Metcalf, who was an absolute monster anytime he wasn't shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, head and shoulders above Tyler Lockett, though, you know, if they do sell out to stop Metcalf, that would benefit Lockett. He has that 50 fantasy point per game potential, as we saw last year. They both do, man. They both do. That's yeah. the thing. We just need the Colts to do something. That's my biggest concern. You know, Wentz missed so much freaking time with that foot. Uh, Quentin Nelson's hurt again. They don't have Eric Fisher for the first month. No T.Y. Hilton, Paris Campbell's hurt. I mean, the Colts, the Colts well, are in a really tough spot here. Well, Michael Pittman's another one of those guys who's, you I know, like sub 4,500 and yeah. is going to get like nine targets. I Wentz, like Pittman. Wentz quite also a bit has to like distance and all the meetings and stuff because he's unvaccinated. <laughs> yeah. He just refuses, man. So, I mean, it's like not only has he missed half the camp, he like, has to like partially participate now that he's back. I don't yeah. know. The Colts are a mess. Colts, the Colts are a mess. And, and compounding all of this is Colts are 0-3 in the Frank Reich era in season openers. And they were underdogs twice. Um, they have not started hot in either of the last three years. Uh, they gave up, you know, they're the Jacks only win last year on the road. I mean, I, I, I really like the Seahawks side here. Um, and Pittman's the only the only dude I'm interested in on the Colts. Um, Goes to church with Wentz. Oh, does he? There you go. That's an even bigger boost. I wonder if Pittman's unvaccinated too. Um, Jad, I got to throw it out there. Any interest in JT? No. Not this week. Yeah, same. Okay, uh, Jags Texans here. Uh, Jags are three and a half point favorites, and if we had a lot of confidence in Urban Meyer, I think it would probably be touchdown favorites, but we don't uh jags uh over under his 45 and a half i think this game has pretty sneaky shootout appeal both defenses are trash especially now that the texans just traded bradley roby um let's start with the jags because i think i don't know it, proctor i'm real interested to see how you think marv jones is going to shake out compared to all of the cheap wide receivers we've been talking about but i think marv is like one of the best plays on the slate i don't think we're going to get the pass volume that everybody wants from the jags Texans are done, man. They're just they're done with the season. <laughs> so so I, mean, I, I agree, you, but but the spread just moved to minus four like today. Dude, it's gonna be like minus six and a half by Sunday. Yeah, uh, like this this I, Jags, I definitely I agree and I want to bet that. I, I'm yeah. I'm in complete agreement. The Jags are a great bet. I think they're they're a team that like if you're if you're into doing parlays and you want like an alternate line, I think bumping Jags up to like minus five um is is a pretty reasonable bet um i just i don't think we're gonna see like i you know they they probably want to let lawrence come out and have like a good game that's the nixon just keeps like blowing that blowing that steam up my ass like they're gonna showcase lawrence or whatever you know maybe a little bit but i just think we're gonna see the jaguars running the ball texans you know that the D line of the past where you couldn't run on the Texans, what they've been run on the last like two years. I mean, the Jags are going to run on them. James Robinson, I think is a, is a pretty strong play that people are, they were interested in. And then now everybody's not interested in him anymore. I don't quite understand. I think Hyde is going to play, but I don't think he's going to play enough that like it, yeah. it nukes Robinson. <clears throat> yeah. So 
Um, Tyrod Taylor was, was horrible in the preseason. Uh, he's been horrible for like two years. Um, I think Jags D paired with Robinson is, is a pretty strong play. Um, I don't want any Texans. I mean, they're just a total mm. disaster. Um, yeah. they're, I mean, they're tanking. They, yeah. they, they have traded away their best defensive player. I would imagine we see Ingram get traded at some point. I wouldn't be shocked to see David Johnson traded at some point. It's bad, man. They don't give yeah. a shit. No, they don't. They don't care at all. They're going to do freaking laps when they get that six rounder for David Johnson in a couple of weeks. Yeah. They're going to be thrilled with that. Um, I'm, uh, let's talk James Robinson because I'm with you. I mean, it was, you know, the split was 33 to 28 on the first team snaps, which is basically like a game's worth. It was a little over a game's worth with the first team with Lawrence. I think, I think it's gonna be like 60, 40, but that's, that's enough to where, you know, J-Rob was playing 75, 80% by the end of the last year. If it's 60, 40, why not play high? Who's going to have zero ownership? Well, I don't think Robinson, Robinson's going to be owned on FanDuel. Yeah, he's a good value he's really, on FanDuel. He's, yeah, he's 6K there. Yeah, he's a really good value on FanDuel. No one's playing him on DraftKings. Yeah. I see. I thought he was going to be super highly owned. He was. That's what's so weird. He was, like, touted a week ago as, like, one of the top five plays, and now it's just gone. Yeah. It's strange. I mean, the preseason usage was concerning. He barely outsnapped Carlos Hyde. Yeah, but yes. some of that – some of that was contextual though. I mean, he would come in for the first two drives and then it would be Hyde. Yeah. So I think there was a little bit of like, he's our starter played and came out. So the same thing happened like with the giants where uh, was it, is it Royce Freeman? Well, whoever they're running back to is played the first quarter with Daniel Jones. And then the, their rookie played the second quarter. I think it was a little bit of that, like where they, you know, they want to let both running back one and running back two play with Lawrence. Yeah. So I do, but I do like, he's not going to be a 90% snap guy. Like he was last yeah. year. And that's, that's the bottom line is, I mean, Jane, you know, Robinson has actual competition, you know, it's not just Chris Thompson and dudes that are dust, you know, he has like legit competition. Also they gave Hyde a two-year deal. Like urban Meyer is getting his guy. Like no one in their right mind was going to give Hyde a two-year deal, but urban did. Um, all right. So James Robinson on FanDuel, Marv is a great value. Um, Surprised Johnny I, didn't say it. He's he's a captain. Marvin Jones is a captain, and that was also clearly Trevor Lawrence's guy this oh, preseason. Yeah. Granted, DJ Chark didn't play, but uh, peppered with targets, he looked awesome. Uh, he's a massive value. You know, Texans are tanking. Garbage cornerbacks. And on, on Shark, too, I mean, he missed so much time with that finger. And Urban yeah. was trying to light a fire under his ass this offseason, saying he's playing small, even though he's like 6'4". I, I think Marv is the number yeah, one. Yeah, I, I kept four. saying, I think the fantasy community thinks Shark is the wide receiver one. I think Herb thinks it's it's Marv by a landslide. Yep, I agree. That's but why I they think, got him, man. That's I why think they got him. all of Jones, Visca, and Shark are going to – like, I don't think Marv is going to be a guy who's going to have like a 35% target share. You know, I think it's going to be somewhat close with these guys. And how many times is Lawrence going to throw against the Texans? It's so hard to take you seriously when you have dolls in your background. <laughs> You're a 33 year old man. Why do you have dolls? What? They're not dolls, dude. 
they're action figures yeah all right, pop, all, right, pop, all right all right they're those those pop figures i got one on my desk too it's a small little mandalorian guy Damn. scott you don't even have you have a blank wall <laughs> <laughs> dude there were, bo- there were boxes back there just nothing but oh boxes for like a month you, and a half you how'd you reverse this on me you I were in your 30s and you desk. don't have a decoration <laughs> i guess you're right <laughs> hang a fantasy points poster back there man yeah you're right yeah. Uh, all right, let's move on here. Uh, Cardinals Titans. This right here is the game of the week. Um, it's going to be the game of the week to get right, and it's going to be the game of the week to get the right pieces from it or fade. Um, just off the top, man. I mean, the pace in this game is going to be outrageous. I mean, not only we know the Cardinals, we know what they do, but the Titans were fourth in pace last year. Um, you mix in the fact that Darquez Denard's on IR, Malcolm Butler. Uh, spontaneously retired a week ago. Uh, these these Cardinals, man, they're going to be relying on Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, who hasn't played since 2018, hasn't played well since the Falcons Super Bowl run. Um, man, I mean, it's 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 really dicey in this Cardinals secondary right now. They're they're going to be in a really really rough spot. Um, so let's just open it up. Where do we go with this game? And um, I mean, there's just so, there's so many angles to this game. So so the most interesting thing to me is how positively correlated Derrick Henry was to Ryan Tannehill, how positively correlated he was to A.J. Brown. And it's sort of the, the case where you can play everyone and get low ownership on it because not a lot of people are just going to absolutely stack, uh, you know, Henry with uh, a Tennessee quarterback or pass catcher. Um, yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry is Christian McCaffrey when – Tennessee wins and, and Tennessee, I think is going to win the spreads close, but you know, it's like, they're what favored by four. Uh, it's not, no, it's two Titans are by two. It might've been, but then, moved, but then, uh, but then who Tuesday. do you play on, on Arizona with a, a hyper mobile quarterback? Maybe it's, maybe it's Kyler and Henry is, is that insane? Uh, I, I don't like Hopkins as much as our projections. Three. I do like Rondale, but I don't like him as much as Elijah. I think yeah. he's a great cash play. Yeah, for what it's worth, it's now field goal. It was at two when I put this together on whatever Tuesday. It's now at three. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Henry is, like you mentioned, man, he's 25 fantasy points per game when they win. Uh, and Cardinals don't have a good run defense either. I mean, you know, they've got a good pass rush, but they don't, don't mistake that as a good run defense. It's very average. We're going to know Rondale as bubble boy this season by, like, week five. I think so. Yeah. I mean, just like what is what is the upside on a guy that's being used like a like a running back wide receiver hybrid? That's just that's what I don't see. He he's the Cardinals Debo. He's the Cardinals Debo. And not even. Yeah. Like D, Debo Debo does still, get some yeah, he still gets yeah. some downfield stuff. And yeah, he's amazing in that role, to be fair. It's just not a very valuable role. Well, there's just not much touchdown upside. Right. That's the thing. He's going to have to rip off a four-yarder for him to have a touchdown. Right, he could do some Tyreek Hill stuff. I don't yeah. know if Kingsbury is that creative, though. And we Now, also, we want to talk fake sharps. That's Cliff Kingsbury, man. That dude's a fake sharp. We That's also saw all of this as, like, you know, the, the it was just preseason usage. Um, you know, we didn't necessarily see um, like some smash roll outside of like these little bubble screens and like like high usage but nothing like it really all that exciting and he was playing without hopkins and mostly without green green played like one series 
um, all off season, everyone was talking about how great of a pick AJ Green is with the role that he's going to get. And then now nobody wants to play him. They want to play Rondell Moore. I don't know. And, you know, Chase Edmonds is going to get some of those, those targets that you want more to get. To. So that's the so. question, Johnny, who is Chase Edmonds? Because Kingsbury made it clear it's going to be a committee. What was unclear was whether or not uh, Connor would merely slide into the Kenyon Drake role, which was a valuable role, you know, 14th and XFP per game, or is it Chase Edmonds as the clear lead guy? Like we saw in the preseason. I think, I think Edmonds is the one. A. Yeah. I think so too. James Conner. To, to what degree though? Like, is it just a, a strict rushing versus receiving kind of split or is it more like, Hey, Edmonds is going to be our Eckler. I said, I dude, I said that to you yeah. like two months ago. I think he's their Eckler. I don't think yeah. it's going to be the volume. I, I don't think it's going to be the, I don't think it's going to be the volume near the volume that Eckler gets. He's not going to be a nine target player. That's not his range. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I think it's more five or six, but. Yeah. The big the big question for for Chase and the big question for Eckler is do they let these guys score touchdowns? Because last year, I mean, nine of Kyler Murray's rushing touchdowns were on design plays. When they get in close, it's Kyler. I mean, I think Kyler's going to scramble less this year, but I mean, the design stuff is one hundred percent a part of their offense, especially when they get in close. I honestly, I'm not scared of James James Conner. I, I think he, he's not good at football. He's never been good at football the last couple of years. He's been strictly a volume type type back. Um, I think, I think it's Edmonds, you know, 60% at, at minimum. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's, yeah. I think Eckler is a good, you know, line to draw for what he's going to be maybe slightly less, but I think that's about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Connor is going to be the goal line back is what it is on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Larry, Round, think- Larry Roundtree is going to be the Chargers you know, goal line back, you know? You, is that, that's a weird way to pronounce Justin Jackson, but <laughs> to each their own. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think Edmonds is, a, is just an interesting play as sort of leverage off of what people think Rondale is going to be. You know, they were, they were experimenting with his role. It's not like he's going to come out and get 40% usage on every drive in, in the regular season. I think AJ green is, is great leverage off of um, Rondale as well. I mean, AJ Green may not even be 1% owned. Nope, and, nobody's going to play AJ Green. Yeah. And he is, I mean, he's the wide receiver two. Moore is the wide receiver three. Not he, by he, target volume. He didn't, he played one series in the preseason game. Yeah. I mean, he, by snaps, yeah, but I mean, they're going to, pe- they're going to force feed Rondale the ball. It's just those low ADOT, low value targets and carries. I don't think they're going to force feed him as much as you think, though. Yeah, that was think, that was a preseason experiment. I think we're talking about you know Nuke being in that twenty six percent, twenty eight percent target share, and then AJ Green being you know seventeen, eighteen, and more fifteen to eighteen. I think that's that's where I'd have it. I mean, you really think that Moore is going to get three, four targets a drive like he did in the preseason? Uh, what did it come out to? It came out to like three carries and nine targets and the per four quarters. I, I think that's realistic. I don't even think but like 66 played. yards, no touchdowns. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, what let's talk, let's go back to Henry real quick because McCaffrey is going to be the chalk 
Kamara is going to be very popular, and Henry's wedged in between those two. Um, I think he's I the number two running back on FanDuel after McCaffrey. Henry, you mean Henry? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. What's we got? Uh, so Scott, you said you disagree. You don't think Hopkins is the top play, the top wide receiver play in the slate. So if it's not nuke against Titans. Yeah. So, so my reasoning with this is, you know, debating the zero RB guys this year, that their best argument was just like, well, you can't look at these wide receivers, like a typical wide receiver season, because Devonte Adams just put together the greatest season ever better than Jerry Rice if you, you know, factor in the injury, Stefan Diggs, if you take his last 12 games, including the postseason, it was a top three season ever. Calvin Ridley minus Julio Jones, it's a top three wide receiver season ever. Deontay Johnson, even, you know, take out injuries as a top five season that year. You know, you keep walk down the list with all of these super attract Tyreek Hill, these guys, and, and just Hopkins wasn't there. He wasn't historically great. He was, you know, a solid top five season, which we've come to expect from him, but it wasn't one of these, you know, world beater seasons that I think we have with that, that potential with Adams, Diggs, um, Ridley, even in, you know, neutral matchups. Yeah. Um, I think there's also something to be said too, that AJ green is way more competition than, you know, anybody the Cardinals had I mean, last year. I mean, last year wasn't wasn't pretty. Yeah, they had nothing. I mean, Christian Kirk is not good. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm saying we're really worried about A.J. Green, the guy who averaged two oh. yards per target last year. I mean, he was objectively the worst Bengals receiver last year. There's no question. I mean, on tape was better than him, but. Yeah, I mean, he was rusty. You're removed. He, yeah, you're removed from an injury and much better, you know, much better scheme for his skill set at this point where he can kind of slide in the slot and play like kind of a Larry Fitz type of role uh, <laughs> late career. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. I think we covered pretty much every angle here. Um, I'm with you, Johnny, that I think Edmonds is probably the best leverage in this game. I'm with you on that. Uh, all right, final game of the early window. We got Chargers at the team, the Washington football team. Uh, this game was a pick em. Earlier this week, it's moved to minus one in favor of Washington. I would bet it all the way up to a field goal in favor of Washington. I think their front seven is just nasty as hell. They're much better, um, much better in the back half, too, uh, this season. Uh, 45 and a half over under. Um, and obviously the, the big news is we got to see what the deal is with Austin Eckler. He did participate in practice today, uh, at least the portion that was open to the media, but I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, he dealt with a hamstring injury that harpooned half of his year last year. Um, and now, um, you know, he's potentially dealing with the same injury. We really just don't know at this point. So, I mean, let's just kind of day. He did. I don't know yeah. necessarily what that means. Yeah. I mean, he did work off to the side on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so I, I'm just really hoping it's like super minor and they're playing it safe, but we, we really just don't know. So I think um, he plays, but yeah. my question to you is what if he's inactive? What do you, what do you do? Are you going Keenan. all in on Justin Jackson? Oh, Keenan. 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 But you are Johnny all in on Justin oh, yeah. Jackson. Oh yeah. Love it. That's all you need to hear. Yeah. 
Johnny's yeah, I mean, stamp of approval. Yeah, Jackson's yeah, good, good point on Keenan too because because yeah. that would be that would be big. Although the the price isn't amazing on him. Is it the, though? I mean, he's sixty nine hundred. I mean, he's getting like nine, 10, 12 targets regardless of Eckler. And if Eckler well, misses, well, it's a new scheme, and the guy you know hyped up Mike Williams like crazy. But yeah, true. I it's mean, Keenan is Keenan is Herbert's guy though. I mean, that's oh, guy. absolutely. I, I I loved that quote from him where it was just like, "My job is to get Keenan Allen yeah. the ball." Yeah, and Keenan's job is to run some of the sexiest routes in the NFL. So I'm 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 all about Keenan. I also think I don't know why, but why isn't anybody on Terry McLaurin? Oh, he's a great play. So great play. People are on him, or you're just saying he's a great play. I mean, I, mean for- I, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really looked at, spent too much time with ownership yet, but uh, I mean, I, he's one of my top plays. I think he's a great value. Yeah. Uh, Los I mean, Angeles, his cornerbacks don't really concern me. The Ryan Fitzmagic effect, it should be a close game shootout potential. Yeah. McLaurin's 5% in our ownership's projections. Um, I mean, man, uh, I think Diami Brown's going to probably play some sort of rotational role. They'll play Sims in a rotational role but it's McLaurin and it's Logan Thomas as their top two. Um, I mean, I, I like Logan Thomas too. I think he's, he's right there with Pitts. I might like him more than Pitts, Curtis Samuel out for three games. And, you know, that role is just so valuable. Like contrast it to TJ Hawkins last year. And Logan was basically playing four quarters to Hawkinson's three. And it's just like a massive advantage. He's not pass blocking uh, improvement in quarterback play. Uh, and I don't think it's unrealistic to expect a significant improvement this year that the guy was a converted quarterback. That was just his first season. Yeah. I'm not, I'm with you by the way on, I know I've kind of battled you on Thomas, um, but I'm with you that the efficiency was bad because Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins are bad. Um, that's why his, his yards per route run was so garbage. There, there's um, just some cheat codes in fantasy where it's like quarterbacks who run running backs who get carries and targets and it's, you know, tight ends who don't leave the field. He doesn't. Yeah. Um, so you think Thomas is leverage off of pits? I mean, I, I think I like him more throw out ownership. I think I like him more. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, Johnny, what are your thoughts on Gibson here? Must play. <laughs> I mean, I you think guys, he's switched names there. I think he's a, I think he's a good play. Um, my favorite play in this game is, is Terry McLaurin, but yes. I like Gibson. Yes. I mean, all, all off season, everyone was like so stoked about McLaurin getting Ryan Fitzpatrick and now everyone forgot. Yep. So I'm yeah. going to play a ton of him this week. Um, I mean, McLaurin played barely played in the preseason and he was definitely, the Fitzpatrick McLaurin thing was definitely what we were hoping to have. So give me, you know, eight to 12 targets for a guy who's going to have one of the higher a dots, one of the higher target volume per a dots in the league. And so I think I'm, I'm pretty into that, but I think Gibson is a, is a good play. Um, I do think this game will probably be reasonably close. So I'm, I'm, Gibson's going to be one of those running backs that I will prefer as like a big favorite. Um, but I think he's a, he's still a pretty strong play, especially if, if he doesn't end up all that hyped, I think he's going to be pretty popular in draftings at his price. Yeah. I think he'll be just, just under Mixon and in, in ownership. 
Yeah, he's going to be very popular on DraftKings. Um, who do you think – are you on Washington here, Johnny, to win the game? Maybe. I really like the new Chargers coaching staff. Yeah. I know Staley, um, Staley seems really sharp. Staley yeah. does seem sharp. Yeah. And I, I'm not 100% convinced that, that Rivera has has the locker room yet. So, you know, I think I would lean Washington as, yeah. as the home team, but I don't think I would be stoked about them. Okay. Um, all right, so we're really just waiting on Eckler. We'll see what that is on Saturday night. Uh, we'll probably get some sort of uh, Schefter tweet Saturday night, kind of suss everything out. And then, you know, Washington, it's McLaurin, Thomas, and Gibson. Pretty straightforward. Yep. Yeah. People want to play Deami Brown. Um, he's just not, he's just not in play. Yeah. I, I don't even think he's their number two yet, man. I think he's going to be a rotational guy. I think he's I actually, I actually like Humphreys. Humphreys yeah. is definitely a starter. I mean, he's the yeah, starting he's, slot and yeah. then Sims. He got and peppered with targets rotate. in the preseason and, and beat writers raved about his chemistry with Fitz, Fitzpatrick. I think they played together at some point. I'll say this. I think Humphreys is a significantly better play than Diami. If you're going to go that route. Yeah. significantly better play yeah. uh okay start of the pm games chiefs browns hot one uh chiefs are six point favorites on the road in cleveland over under is the 55 it's up two and a half points um this game was a little boring um, from a scoring perspective in the in their matchup in the playoffs but it was a great game overall uh man i, I think it's kind of simple i mean chiefs are gonna do what they do they throw the hell out of the ball uh browns are gonna try to run the ball until they can't um, in their in this matchup earlier uh, in the playoffs last year, uh, we saw this exact game script play out where Chiefs got up, not by a ton, but they got up. Browns had to chase the game and they abandoned the run. Uh, Kevin Stefanski, you know, he knows where his bread's buttered, but he's also sharp enough to know that, you know, hey, if I'm down two scores to the Chiefs, I can't just keep running the ball you know, eight times a drive and bleeding the clock in the process too. Baker Mayfield dropped back to pass 38 times. Uh, compared to 13 runs for Nick Chubb and six for Kareem Hunt in that playoff meeting. So I think we're going to see a big juice in volume for, for Mayfield. The problem is, Scott, I just have no clue what to do with that. I, I really don't want to play Beckham. Uh, he might not this play. Week. Yeah, he's questionable. And I Do you I play Jarvis then? If, if Beckham is out, Landry is a great play. What about Hooper? No one's on Hooper. Cheap I, exposure honestly, to this game. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, did you catch any of that? No, but I want to say that this game will be under-owned. Am I, am I on the same page here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think Tyreek Hill is the most – probably the best play on the entire slate. Why over Kelsey? Ooh. He's going to be – I mean, Hill is going to be less than 10% owned, and anytime he's less than 10% owned, the field is wrong. Um, I mean, he's the really the only wide receiver in the league they can have like a 60 point week. Um, you can't get that ceiling anywhere else. <clears throat> and so like, he should be the same ownership as like Diggs, Adams, Ridley, Hopkins, Hill should all be like 15% owned. Instead you have a bunch that are going to be 20 and Hill's going to be like eight to 10. Um, we Hill played like one and a half quarters in the preseason and scored like 30 fantasy points. He's healthy. He was not healthy last year. I just, I, you know, healthy Tyreek Hill under-owned week one in a competitive game, just like he's just the best tournament play in, in the entire slate. 
I, I think he has a similar projection to Kelsey, in which case, you know, you lean towards Kelsey because of the cheat code he gives you at the tight end position. Uh, Kelsey outscored him in that postseason matchup last year. Cleveland bottom three against tight ends last year, bad against wide receiver ones, but not as bad. Though I think that point you're bringing up about uh, Tyreek not being healthy is is really interesting because the thing with with Hill was always he was giving you top three production at the position with high end wide receiver two volume, but there was that stretch last year, week seven on, where you saw 10, 6, 18, 14, 15, 11 targets, and then the injury popped up. So you know, yeah. a, a guy as hyper as efficient as Tyreek with 18, 14, 15, 11 targets is just, you know, slate buster to the max. Yeah. Uh, and at lower ownership, I, I think that's that's a really good point, Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's not forget, too, Sammy Watkins, man, 16% of the targets are gone. I mean, there's a chance that Hill and Kelsey are both like, you know, get a 2 to 3% target share boost. But when we're talking about Patrick Mahomes and a team that throws it 40 times, game i mean that's you know an extra couple targets every game yeah and i think i mean i think this game in general is just really good um now beckham is like a game time decision or or whatever i don't know exactly what's going on with his i haven't seen it yeah i haven't seen an injury designation yet either do you play jarvis well he well beckham just like hasn't really practiced much at all coming off of last year um they've just been really weird about his status with everything all off season. Um, I think, yeah, I think Landry's a good play. Beckham, I think is an interesting play because no one is going to play a guy who's a game time decision. If, you know, if he's able to play, I think he's a pretty good play in this, in this game at, you know, like non-existent ownership. Um, Donovan people, Donovan people Jones would be a really strong play if Beckham were to be out and he's going to be a late guy that you can really only play if Beckham is out. So he'll be like non-existent ownership. Um, I think Nick Chubb is an interesting play. We've seen the chiefs just like let running backs run on them. Um, I mean, this is what the second highest total of the week. I mean, it's it's the highest, the highest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And by a landslide, no one is playing these guys. I mean, you know, it's the chiefs, the chiefs Browns, what the last chiefs Browns game was like, what 70 points scored or whatever. I mean, we we've talked all off season. Everyone has talked all off season that, you know, they expect Baker will the, the Baker and the Browns will be more like they were the second half of last season. Then we come in week one, we get the Browns against the chiefs and everyone would rather play like a $3,000 like bubble screen rod receiver for the Cardinals. Yeah. It's just so weird to me. Yeah. That their divisional round or the wild. No, it would have been divisional round. Uh, it was 22, 17. Um, so that game didn't like totally fuck, but I think, I think this is a different spot. It's early in the year. I, I swear to God, man, it looked like if, if they let Mahomes play the whole game against Minnesota, he would have put 60 on them. Like he looked like he was just, that offense just looks like it's just so ready to explode. Um, Brown's defense is good, but I, I just don't really think matchups matter for the chiefs. Um, all right. Any final thoughts here? We kind of get it. Got to get moving here, fellas. Uh, Kareem hunt revenge game. Is it a revenge game if you're an asshole, though? <laughs> and he also uh, outscores Chubb typically in, in losses, but yeah, not really on it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Dolphins, Patriots. Uh, uh, I had the line here, but I guess I lost it. Uh, Dolphins, Patriots at home for the Patriots. Mac Jones gets his first start. Um, he's cheap. Yeah, he is. Uh, as is Jalen Waddell. 
Uh, I think he's going to be in that rookie receiver mix of 15 to 20% ownership. I think I like Waddle the most out of all those rookies, honestly. Um, not a ton of injury notes. Uh, Ramondre, Strieve, uh, Ramondre Stevenson hurt his thumb, but he's not going to miss any. I don't think he's even this practice this week. He dislocated his thumb. He's going to play. Um, Nelson Aguilar is dealing with an ankle injury, but he's going to play. Um, the big thing here is Stephon Gilmore. They put him on the PUP list with a quad injury. Uh, it's not a quad injury. He's continuing his holdout. Um, they're going to try to maybe get something done. I, I really don't know what's going to go on here. But uh, Patriots are down their best corner. And they're not as deep as they, they were in previous years. I mean, Belichick can scheme with anybody. Um, but let's start with the Dolphins because I think, I think Jalen Waddell is like one of the most interesting plays on the slate. I don't like it. I think they, they have a lot of guys that are going to play at wide receiver. I, you know, I like Waddle. This is Waddle's another guy that I really like, you know, his, his future career path. But I just, I'm just like not stoked about playing these these rookies in week one at high ownership. Yeah, Waddle I think is the most interesting because he's going to get the downfield stuff that Rondale certainly won't get, and we're questioning on Elijah. That's the one thing is I think Waddle has the deep threat in him, especially with Will Fuller out. And by the way, guys, I'll just go ahead and give this out. I put this in my best bets. Uh, Jalen Waddle. Uh, his receiving line on FanDuel Sportsbook is 35 and a half. Uh, you you want to get the over on that. He could get that on one play. Uh, dude's yak ability is unbelievable. Um, so I don't know, man. I think for the Dolphin side, it's it's Waddle. Is there any interest in, in Gaskin? I'll take the crickets as a no. Not really. Uh, no. Wes is on it. Wes, Wes thinks that Gaskin's still, you know, 60, 70% snap share, but I, I, I think I'd fight him on that. Um, we just don't know. Jacoby Myers, one of our guys all offseason, is actually decently priced. So I uh, was expecting to, to play him, but, you know, the price is actually pretty good. Uh, Scott, so I've, been meaning, not... I've, I've been meaning to ask you about Myers. Like, that was Cam's guy. Are we sure it's Max guy? Um, I think maybe target share drops, but it, like a massive – efficiency increase because yeah. cam newton was tim tebow last year um <laughs> oh god just literally just like <laughs> look at the stats like tim yeah. tebow was the same but better um damian harris is also intriguing for a similar reason uh cam newton led the league in touchdowns inside the five last year and so i think he's going to be like garrett blind i love Ramondre. I, I just don't see him getting a massive workload until maybe the second half if that and yep. so he's, he's basically, you know, LeGarrette Blunt of old. So the, the line isn't perfect. You want them favored by seven or more, but uh, he, he's in play. He's mispriced a little bit on FanDuel. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and Janu. Janu's in play. I, that was my one thing on the Patriots side that I, besides Myers, uh, I have Janu in tournaments question mark on my list. Um, I do think Janu's interesting. Uh, he's going to be like 2% on DraftKings. Damien Harris is FanDuel only, right, Johnny? Yeah, I, and I still think that Ramondre is going to play some. I think it's going to – He I think fumbled the in the preseason, which means that Bill Belichick hates his guts now. So oh, That's true. Yeah. I think Bill Belichick likes him. But if he fumbles yeah. again, I don't yeah. know. I think the Patriots' offense is going to be pretty annoying this, this season. I, I, like, I like Jacoby, but I, he basically played all offseason with, with Cam – so mm-hmm. I do have a little bit of concerns over that. 
Yeah, that's my concern too. Um, yeah, Damian is 5,800 right below James Robinson on FanDuel. I think Robinson's going to be pretty popular, but I think they're both kind of similar range of outcomes type of plays. Um, Patriots, um, is this game in Miami? I, had, I, I fucked this up on my rundown. No, this game's in New England. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Packers Saints. We've got two games left here, guys. Packers Saints. This game is played in Jacksonville because of all the uh, fallout from Hurricane Ida. If anybody's in New Orleans around the area or in New York, hope you guys are doing okay. But they're playing this game in Jacksonville, uh, so a little bit of travel problem for Green Bay. Uh, but anyway, Packers are minus four and a half. Game open at two and a half. Um, I gotta think, man. I mean, I think it should be a little bit higher with, uh, with Jameis concerns with, you know, Michael Thomas being out. Uh, I think Packers should be a little stronger here, but over under is 48. It's down two points. It opened at 50. It's now down to 48. Um, slow pace game here. Um, it remains to be seen what Sean Payton's going to do with this offense. But last year, the saints were among the slowest teams in the league. They were 28th in pay in pace. And Green Bay was 32nd, dead last. So uh, I think the only way this game really shoots out is if Rodgers pushes the scoring pace and Jameis throws a pick six and does Jameis things. Um, I think for the Saints side, it's very, very simple. It's Kamara and it's Marquez uh, Callaway. And the question with Callaway becomes how, how highly owned do we think he's going to be at 3,400? I just don't want to on the slate. Yep. Yeah, that's. I think that's what our projections have. Thirty percent right now. Too low. Let's see. He's, he's the best cheap wide receiver play. It's not really close. Watch Deontay Harris get seven targets and go five for eighty and two touchdowns. That'd be great. Perfect, Sean Payton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's obviously risk, but I think he is far and away the better three K DraftKings play than than these other guys. Like significantly better than like Marv Jones too. Oh yeah. Okay. I think we I think we we have enough information from the preseason to know that he was Jameis's guy and he is sort of the you know the the main lead wide receiver there. Like we think Marv is, um, but we're yeah. not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um. Is Troutman going to play? I know he's missed time with that foot. Um, I think he'll play. I don't. Yeah, I didn't see him on the injury report, but it just depends on how much he's going to play because Juwan Johnson. He's was, behind Juwan anyway. I think is the yeah. pass catching option. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Juwan was was the uh, the move tight end. I think Troutman might just be the the inline guy. Unfortunately for all those best ball teams I have. Um. Yeah. Saints. Simple man. Callaway Camara. Uh, any interest in Packers? Because I don't think many people are going to be on Rodgers or Tunyon, actually, to that point. Yeah, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is actually interesting, too, as like a cheap flyer no one's going to own. Beat writers raved pay- about him as like a yeah. potential breakout. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I don't like the running backs either. Saints are a brutal matchup. Um, yeah. And that's, that's kind of why – that's kind of why I like a Rogers Adams Tunyon stack, because if they shut down the saints on the ground, you know, you play that story out, then it's like, okay, you know, Rogers is going to have to be do Rogers things. MVS is an interesting, interesting call though. Scott. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, huge, I'm not really a couple. It, though, but... I mean, for sprinkle in tournaments, yeah, I mean, sprinkling. He had a, 
Yeah, he had a couple 20 – he had like three, four 20-point games last year. Um, Johnny, what are your thoughts on the Packers here in the spot? Um, I think the only thing I've re- that's really stood out to me is it seems like uh, Aaron Jones' receiving props are fairly low around the industry. But for DFS, I'm not really all that all that interested in these guys. Yeah. Yeah, Jones is really going to have to find that receiving floor with Jamal. I mean, Jamal played a third of the, you know, passing snaps last year. He didn't get a ton of targets, but, you know, if most of that goes to Jones, we're going to be talking about Aaron Jones as like an Alvin Kamara type play. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think I don't think this is the week. Um, all right. Let's finish it up. Broncos at Giants. Uh, the We saved the worst game for last year. Uh, 41 and a half total is by far the lowest on the slate. Broncos are three-point favorites. That's bumped to minus one. Uh, I think if this game were be played in Denver, we'd see a much stronger spread towards the Broncos side. The Giants, man, they are in massive trouble with this uh, offensive line. Andrew Thomas was a turnstile in the preseason again, gave up a ton of pressure. In that game where Daniel Jones played uh, played about a half, he, he looked like the same Andrew Thomas last year that was just hemorrhaging pressure on that left side. And now he's got to deal with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Um, just brutal spot. I think there's a there's a chance the Giants like score like 10 points here. Um, I guess, you know, the thing for, for us is like, do we play Javante at men? How much do we think Melvin Gordon's going to play and how good of a play is Judy? So I'll just open it up there. I think Judy is a great play. He's another, hey, we love this guy all offseason. Here's why. Oh, Teddy Bridgewater's starting. Amazing. And he's just not priced anywhere near in line with his August ADP. Uh, there's a chance he draws the Bradbury shadow, which would be not good. But then there's also the chance that doesn't happen, in which case he has a top matchup against a guy we've targeted in DFS for many seasons now. Uh, Javante is minimum price on DraftKings. That that deserves a conversation. Johnny, what happened in week three? Why was he given starters protection? He, he's been comped to Alvin Kamara by Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Vic Fangio said they have full faith in him to do anything we ask of him. Uh, I, I outlined a bell cow argument for him. It sounded a little conspiratorial at the time, but there's been some good uh, confirmation bias since then. What are your thoughts? So you mean the week three where Melvin played and Javante didn't? Yeah. I think that yeah. was just because they were just going to let Teddy play like a quarter. So they just let him run with all the starters and they weren't going to let Javante come in and play with the twos. Um, Javante played behind melvin through the rest of of the offseason i think javante is the one the one b for now i think by probably by the end of the season he's probably the one a but i think anyone expecting a like a bell cal javante i think you're just you're just getting yeah. too excited i mean he's yeah, been on price though yeah i don't think he's going to be a bell cow either but i mean he's men and this is an absolutely amazing spot in terms of game script yeah i still just i think he's behind melvin for now <laughs> I mean, this the in dress rehearsal, like Teddy's dress rehearsal after winning the job, he ran one for one with Melvin. I think that's that's bad for Javante's outlook. I see it as the other way. I think they just gave Javante starter treatment. They, but they saw didn't. They, saw. they didn't give him starter treatment because the starters played. Fair. Okay. That's. I, I think that's, that's what's that's concerning because they they kind of rotated them in the prior weeks. I just. I don't think they were going to let Javante play 
with the second string offensive line. And I don't think they were running the starters long enough to rotate them in. That's fair. I think it's going to be a split. Oh yeah. I think it's going to be a split, but whether or not it's, you know, 45, 45 or, you know, 60, 40, that's, that remains to be seen. Uh, Javante's just way better. Dude, Melvin Gordon has not been good ever. He's always been inefficient. We've always just loved him for his volume. Javante's actually good at the game. Um, yeah, Scott, I'm with you. I'm, I'm big on Judy this week and I think he's going to go overlooked. I think he's, he's going to be seven, 8% owned and, uh, he's going to move into the slot. Um, when they go into their three wide receiver stuff, it'll be Sutton and Patrick on the outside, Judy in the slot. That's even better. He'll avoid Bradbury that way too. Even if you're concerned about the shadow, which I'm not. Um, so yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Um, any interest in like a min price Caden Smith, Caden <laughs> Smith. I'm laughing as I get this out with Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph potentially out. I think Rudolph's going to play, although he, what, he had like an Achilles injury like five months ago. He's going to play. It's a, foot, it's a foot injury. Yeah. They said he's going to play. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Uh, Saquon Barkley at like zero exposure. Probably not. I mean, yeah. I'm going to have zero exposure. <laughs> Sterling <laughs> Shepard, uh, I think, is, like, easily going to lead the, the team in targets. I think he's in yeah. play. Yeah, Broncos corners are just fucking good, though. They're loaded, man. I mean, they just have no one else. And, like, it was kind of clear he was going to be the wide receiver one this year. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like Galladay, Tony. Galladay might not play. No, apparently, he's going to play. Okay. Not well, Tony hasn't play. practiced at all. There was just a report that said expect Tony Galladay and um, Rudolph yeah. to play. Um, yeah. And Galladay, expect Galladay. Yeah, Galladay got cleared this morning. Yeah. Um, you guys want to make a lineup? I think we need to get out of here, man. It's uh, we got 13 minutes before uh, Joe and Tom pop on here. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's make it. Let's make a quick lineup. Okay. All right. Lock in Callaway, right? We're all in agreement there. Okay. Yeah. I think he's and the best then, of those plays. And then running backs to me, pretty easy. McCaffrey, Gibson, Mixon. So are we uh, making like a cash team here? Uh, we'll, we'll do a tournament and this will be our core. Well, this is a terrible tournament team. Why? Yeah. Because you just played all the cash running backs. Yeah, that's and the cash wide receiver. <laughs> that's all chalk. Our combined ownership uh, is already like over a hundred percent with four players. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a single entry. All right, fair. You still right. need to be a little. You want to do cash? Then we'll do cash, and we'll we'll put in a Hertz. Um, um, tight end. Who do you want, Conklin? No, it's Pitts. Pitts, right? Yeah, if you're playing, yeah, if this is cash, it's Pitts. Uh, defense, Bills. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we Bills have are, Bills or Falcons if you need. I would say Bills or Broncos. I'd say Bills or Broncos. Well, we Broncos only have three minutes. So, so we just did Bills. Right. Uh, 5,800 <laughs> left over. For two wide receiver spots, right? Yeah. We could do. And I, I think that you should probably be playing Alvin Kamara and Cash. Okay. Who do you take out, Gibson or Mixon? Mixon? Gibson, I think. All right. I think you're playing the three guys that you know have a PPR role. 
for DraftKings yeah. at least. Yeah. Is there so like a five K wide receiver you really like? Because we could we could do Hertz, McCaffrey, Mixon, Kamara, Callaway, Pitts, Bills, Marv, Judy. Judy. Yeah. And then we could even upgrade. I mean, I think I think the cash sort of like chalk build is gonna be two of those three K wide receivers. Cash is really sort of blah on DraftKings this week. It's just sort of what you get stuck with. But I think you're Johnny, playing. Are you still playing cash or are you tournament only now? I'll probably only play cash on FanDuel this week. Okay. But, yeah, because I think you sort of just get stuck to where you're playing, like, either two of the 4K wide receivers or two of the 3K and, like, a 6K. And you're kind of just flipping at wide receiver. Yeah. I think Judy and Higgins. Yeah, Judy and Higgins are those guys around the 5K range, Scott. Yeah. So all those guys are great. You want to do it, fellas? We did it. All right. All right. We did it. We did it. Week one. Week one is in the books, cashing points. Uh, We're going to be back at 3 p.m. Eastern time slot. I don't know how you guys feel. This is much better. Not during the Thursday night window, not after a long day at work. Get the brain fresh in here. So this has been great. Um, Yeah. Like I said at the top, hang around. Joe and Tom are going to be on here in about 10 minutes talking uh, spreads, talking props, uh, get in on that. And uh, I think Scott mentioned this at the top too, but if you want to go back and re-listen to the show, uh, it'll be posted in the premium podcast section along with Joe and Tom's uh, spread show. So for Proctor, for Scott, I'm Graham. Guys, thanks for listening. We got 17 more of these. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.